are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Saturday morning. October 27th edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites. Also, former Blazers beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian and your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back with you for another day. Like I said, it's Saturday. Did not do a pod after Thursday's game, but we're going to handle that Thursday pod right now. We're going to talk about the Blazers going to 3-1 and one with an impressive 128-114 road win at Orlando. Uh, just an incredible performance from Damian Lillard. Once again, another... Uh, you know, this is this is one of the more legendary ones. I think you know th- these are ones that you hear about, uh, you know, years from now, where you're like, wow, this is a great story. Uh, apparently, a fan sitting courtside was heckling Damian Lillard. Uh, Blazers Edge got uh, posted a video of it uh, the other day. One of the fans saying, "Do they even give out degrees from Weber State?" Which is interesting because Damian Lillard actually does have a degree from Weber State, whereas you know a lot of guys just leave you know, will leave college and not get their degree. Dame actually did go back to finish his degree. Um, for those of you who care about that. And then, uh, apparently Dame said to him, this is Dame telling Brooke Olsendam, uh, you're, you going to get them in trouble. I'm here for this is what his quote was after the game. And, uh, apparently that guy did get the magic in trouble because Dame scored a franchise record, 34 points in the second half to finish with 41, and uh, he's just been phenomenal through these first four games of the season. 32 points a game, seven assists, six rebounds, and uh, just uh, probably his biggest, I mean, that obviously was his biggest game so far this season. The way he just dominated, obviously, uh, you know, for those looking to maybe poke some holes in it, Orlando, not a good defensive team, but who cares? I mean, it's cool as hell that Dane did that. And uh, it just is it's been a pretty phenomenal first week of the season for the Blazers. I mean, it's hard to uh, complain with the way things have gone. The loss at home to Washington was tough. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, Washington plays the Blazers tough. They have a good backcourt and they also, you know, had some things go their way that night, uh, including Damon CJ not really playing well. So, uh Huge game for Damian Lillard to wrap up a monster four games. But the other story in the game against Orlando had to be Zach Collins and his continued rapid growth. It seems uh, every game he he's adding something new, giving us something new to talk about. And on Thursday, it was 17 points, a new career high off the bench in a matchup against the very hyped rookie Mo Bamba uh, for the Orlando Magic and uh, Zach Collins dominated uh, Mo Bamba in this matchup. He had 17 points, as I mentioned. Bamba really had a 
tough time guarding him out to the three-point line and, and, and trying to stay with him. Collins not only made some big threes at the, the start of his run, but he also made uh, some great plays in the pick and roll, out of the pick and pop, driving, knowing when to make the reads, knowing when to move, knowing when to make the right pass, or knowing when to attack. I mean, it was all the stuff that you love to see that you have to see now from guys at every position in the game now uh, that you've got to be able to think the game at all levels and make the right read, not just think it, but act on it and react to the way that you're thinking it. And, uh, I mean, Collins was, was just phenomenal. I, you know, got to give him a a lot of credit for the way that he played in this game. Uh, just, just awesome. 17 points. He was a perfect seven of seven from the field and he also had six rebounds. So, you know, pretty good game. He had a block. He had two steals. I know some people have been skeptical that I've talked to about, you know, is Zach Collins' defense going to be like this? Is he going to keep playing this way? Well, um, you know, he's a kid still, and he's getting better every game. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is here to stay, and I don't think that this is the ceiling at all. I mean, the guy obviously um, is very young. He's very talented, and he's he's, you know, really delivering for the Blazers in a big spot and making them look smart for letting Ed Davis go. Uh, We talked about it with Seth Johnston on the pod earlier this week, and you look at the team, the way things have gone now, and they're basically, you know, it's hard to think of them doing anything else in the offseason than letting Ed Davis go. As much as it sucked, as much as Lillard didn't want it to happen, um, as much as it sucked for the fans to lose a guy that was so beloved and, you know, for good reason because he brought something to the table for this team. But, um, you know, Portland's kind of making up for the scrap that they had in Ed Davis at, collectively. And, I, you know, the, Al Farouk Aminu has really taken on the offensive rebounding. Uh, he had four offensive rebounds in the game. He was only two of ten. But I, as a group, the Blazers have been doing a good job offensive rebounding and and getting those second chances just not they just haven't had Ed Davis you know and and they've really made it up in other ways and you, you got to give credit to Neil Olshay as I mentioned but you also have to give credit to the players who are doing things that aren't normally asked of them like Aminu and uh Harkless even and they're they're doing it, and so uh, Aminu with 15 rebounds in the game, which you know uh, he he's really cleaning up on the glass for the Blazers throughout these first couple of games, and let's put into perspective just how good this Blazers team has been. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to zoom out a little bit and talk a little bit big picture here after the first week uh, of Blazers basketball. So we'll be right back. So we're going to take a a bigger, wider look at the health of the Blazers, the state of the Blazers. They have started three and one, yes, but just how good has it been? How have they been doing it? Uh, We mentioned Damian Lillard and Zach Collins from the last game in the in the first segment. Uh, but let's talk about you know big picture where the Blazers are right now and, and what they have been doing to win these games. And uh, last year, uh, Portland's defense at the start of the year was incredible. They were doing uh, sh- they were shutting teams down. They were a top three defense 
they also at the same time were one of the worst offenses in the league to start the season last year. And, uh, you know, Portland scrapped their way to the playoffs last year. They scrapped their way to 49 wins. And they have won, you know, it looks a lot easier the way that they have won so far this season. And the defense hasn't been very, hasn't been great. 17th in the league in defensive efficiency, according to the NBA, or 18th, according to basketball reference. So, uh, you know, whichever one you want to pick there. And, but either way, they're in the bottom half of the league, but they're mostly, they're closer to average than they are to bad. But, uh, so that's good. I think that's something you know, that they're closer to average than they are to bad is is encouraging. But um, you know, you hope that that can be good. But on the other side, their offense has been incredible. It's been super fun to watch, and they've been second in efficiency in the league. They are only behind New Orleans, who is playing at an insane clip offensively right now. And Portland's offense is actually ranked ahead of Golden State's, uh, just barely. But I want to talk about why I think that that growth on offense is more important. I mean, you look at the Houston Rockets last year, their defense wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but their offense was great. And they, you know, won games with their offense. And that's kind of been their motto for the past couple of years. And now with the rule changes that the league is putting on everybody with the the freedom of movement rules where – if you're outside the three-point line and you're trying to move and you're trying to get loose, you know, guys can't hand-check you. They can't get into you and hold you off the ball. That is encouraging these higher scoring numbers. The league as a whole is going further into the pace and space era. Everybody's kicking up the pace. Portland's pace is way up compared to last year. And the league is also shooting way more three-pointers. So if you look at the trends that everybody's going to and the things that the league is forcing teams to be good at to win games in this league Portland is doing that and I think it's really interesting that they either it was a reaction to the playoff series where they didn't have enough shooting outside of CJ and Dame I don't think they necessarily knew that all these rule changes were coming the way they did also the the 14 second shot clock reset when you get an offensive rebound uh, that is forcing shorter, you know, time of possession for teams. You can't just hold the ball for another 24 seconds. Uh, all these things are are forcing teams into a style of play that Portland is already doing a very good job at. And part of that was letting Ed Davis go. Part of that was signing Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas. And uh, part of that was also uh, a, a strategic change by Terry Stotts to just encourage the team to shoot more three-pointers. Their three-point rate was one of the worst in the league last year. And we I was just talking about the, the context of the league in, in, in which everything is kind of going up. Portland's three-point rate is still just 15th. So uh, even though they've made all these changes – it goes to show you how the league is changing so fast that even though Portland looks like a night and day offense where they're shooting way more threes, they're moving the ball more, they're pushing the pace, they still are only 15th in the league at three-point rate. So it's not as if they're, you know, setting themselves apart from the league by doing that. They're just kind of catching up to trends that and and this is how, you know, the way that they're playing, this is how Golden State plays. This is how Houston plays. You know, they are going to shoot a lot of threes. They're not going to try and beat you up with second chances. They're going to try and uh move the ball and and get it around and spread it around and Portland is is playing that game now. And so I think 
uh, that is right now. I think the story of the Blazers so far is that they have started to look more like what the elite teams in the NBA look like when it comes to the style of play, the pace, the three pointers, and all of that. Uh, they may not have the size. Uh, especially on the wings and at the guard spots that a lot of those teams have, like Boston, like Golden State, like Toronto, uh, you know, all those really good teams. They may not have the size, but uh, they've certainly got the style down, Pat. And, uh, you know, credit to to Stotts, to everybody on this team. And, uh, you know, even guys like Yusuf Nurkic, a guy that uh, didn't attempt any threes last year, really, he hasn't even made a three yet, but I like that he's taking them in games still. And and I like the overall health of the offense. And I think the Blazers are in a really good spot right now, but they're going to get tested tonight against uh, one of the best franchises in the league, the Miami Heat. So they're going to be in Miami tonight. The game starts at 5 p.m. here in Portland. The game is down in Miami, so I don't know if we have any Blazer fans or Lobster listeners down in Miami. Uh, But that game is tonight, so we're going to talk about the Miami Heat, the game that Portland has ahead of them. I think Damian Lillard will definitely have a very different situation against the Heat than he did against the Magic, but we're going to talk more about that matchup and the game plan for Portland heading into this one tonight as they look to go to 4-1 and one on the season. And we're back for our final segment of this episode of Locked on Blazers, and we are previewing tonight's game between the Blazers and the Miami Heat in Miami. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, Damian Lillard and everybody is excited to be in Miami. I mean, it's it's obviously probably one of the better spots in the league for uh, road teams. But it's also Evan Turner's birthday. Shout out to Evan Turner. And I'm sure Evan Turner would love to get a win on his birthday. So um, perhaps, you know, they, they got in some party, you know, maybe last night. I, I mean, I'm just speculating. I don't know anything. But, you know, but perhaps they got it in last night. Now they're going to get it in on the court. And... Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, and I think it's one of the things, too, it's one of the great juxtapositions of the Miami Heat with the market that they're in, known for partying and late nights and all that stuff. They pride themselves on conditioning. They pride themselves on running the hell out of you and grinding the hell of you, grinding you out. I mean, it's just it, – sorry for the, the wording there. That wasn't very good, but they love to grind you out. I think they are the pace and space eras equivalent to the Memphis Grizzlies where – they're just going to grind you out. They're just going to defend, except they're way more athletic. They play at a faster pace. Their game plan is more modern than those old Grizzlies teams, but they're going to try and beat you with conditioning and toughness more and, and, and scheme, you know, more than they're going to try and beat you with pure talent because they don't really have any superstars anymore. Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade is at the tail end of his career. This is the last dance for him. It's his final season. So, uh, you know, he's not quite the same player, but if it gets clutch down the stretch, you know, that I think is the one time you got to look out for Wade. You know, he still showed last season in the playoffs that he's capable of winning a game by himself every now and then. He just can't do it in the ways and at the frequency that he used to when he was, uh, you know, arguably the best shooting guard, you know, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, best shooting guard other than Jordan, you know, you, you could make the argument that Dwayne Wade 
is a better shooting guard than Kobe Bryant if, if you want to. And and that's just a historic argument that I think you could really make. Anyway, uh, so Wade is really – but he's not really the guy that you, you're going to be worrying about tonight. You, you know what he's going to bring to the table, but he's not playing enough minutes to, to really do that as much anymore. This is Goran Dragic's team. He's the all-star from this crew. He made the all-star team last year. He's always given the Blazers a tough time dating back to his days in Phoenix and Houston. And uh, you know, he, he's always been tough, and he's a great guy to drive the basket. He is a good shooter, makes a lot of plays. I mean, he's he can, be, he can beat you any night. And uh, so that's obviously number one for the Miami Heat. But they've got a lot of other guys, and this is what the Heat do every year. They find diamonds in the rough. Uh, Josh Richardson, a guy that maybe you haven't heard a lot of. Uh, he came up through the G League a couple of years ago, made his way onto the roster, and has become a, a really, really good young player who's doing a lot of different things, handling the ball out of the pick and roll. He's a good shooter and a very good defender. And that's one thing you know about pretty much everybody on the Heat is that they can play defense. And so I'm expecting to see Richardson on Damian Lillard tonight. Another guy I'm expecting to see on Damian Lillard is Rodney Magruder. Uh, Magruder, another guy who, like Richardson, Diamond in the rough, G League grinder. You know, he made his way onto the roster by playing really good defense. He's another guy that I could see on CJ or Dame tonight. And so they're going to have a lot of different options of guys who are physical, who are bigger, who are tenacious at Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So, uh, you know, this could be a game where the additions of Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas could provide real big dividends for Portland to just get more guys, get more shooters and and get lineups to get Damian Lillard free Um, those guys obviously are good and then uh, you know the talk out of Miami has been uh, a renewed uh, Hassan Whiteside uh, that uh, the guy he's been extremely mercurial I think is an easy uh, one to call him Uh, he's had monster games he's gotten triple doubles with blocks he's been benched by his coach in the playoffs in random games in March. He he gets benched all the time. I mean, it's just like a regular thing. But he, right now, he's in one of those good swings right now. He's averaging 14 points and 14 rebounds a game. And uh, the last time we saw these two teams play was back in March in the last regular season. And that was a game that they did not have Hassan Whiteside and that game featured a lot of use of Nurkic post-ups, which, you know, we don't that's not normally part of the game plan, but I don't necessarily think we're gonna see a whole lot of those against Hassan Whiteside just because he's such a large man, a very gifted shot blocker and a good rebounder. So you throw all those things together, um, you know, about Whiteside and uh it doesn't seem doesn't make it seem like the use of Nurkic post-ups are going to be a great idea tonight. And maybe that could be the impetus for, for Terry Stutz to play more Zach Collins and, and try and space the floor a little bit more and take Whiteside out of the paint and kind of force Miami into a, a smaller look with Bam Adebayo or Kelly Olynyk at center and, and try and, uh, you know, try and play Whiteside off the court if you can. So, uh, that I think is probably the game plan tonight for Portland, but you know we'll see. Uh, I'm interested to see who starts tonight for Portland. Jake Lehman started against Orlando. 
But then in the second half, Mo Harkless started against Orlando. So maybe Harkless is back in the starting lineup officially tonight. But knowing Terry Stotts, we probably won't know until the game actually starts who's starting. So uh, that's just how he rolls. But I'm really interested to see this game tonight. Uh, Definitely a stronger opponent than the Orlando Magic, an opponent that prides themselves on conditioning, on excellence, and uh, even though they might not have stars, and they're also potentially right now trying to trade for Jimmy Butler. So maybe that is a distraction that Portland can capitalize on to get another win and move to 4-1. and one. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Subscribe, leave us a review, and we will be back after tonight's game against the Miami Heat as the Blazers are looking to go to 4-1 and and continue to build on uh, an excellent start to the NBA season. So until next time.